What if the world was different? Science fiction is usually utopian or dystopian, either unrealistically good or unbelievably bad. There doesn't seem to be much in the middle. But what if we looked at science fiction differently? What if we instead looked at a realistic world? A believable world. This is the world of Bellatopia. In this episode of Bellatopia... Not long after the end of the Apollo lunar landings, it was time for the next step in lunar exploration. There was belief and some evidence from the experiments that were performed on the lunar surface during the Apollo missions, that there were minerals, water, and other scientifically useful resources on the lunar surface. There was also a concern that the Soviet Union would eventually land on the lunar surface and attempt to claim all or part of it as their territory. So, the space race continued. On this front, the race was to the first long-duration habitation of the lunar surface, and eventual lunar colonization. The United States created a habitat, a base, designed for the long-term exploration and habitation of the lunar surface. In fact, they created two such bases. This allowed the Americans to explore the scientific wealth that awaited them on the lunar surface, as well as make a long-term claim of the lunar surface before the Russians. While this is not what happened in real life, it is what happened in the fictional world we have created. This is the Apollo Moon Bases, Part 2. Welcome to Bellatopia. From the space program to high-speed trains. From bridges to artificial intelligence. From pop culture to politics and war to religion. Bellatopia is about the world of what if. What if different decisions were made in our history? Different priorities held by our leaders? Different politics involved. Let's see the world as it could have been, perhaps should have been, and might still become. Welcome to Bellatopia. Not long after the end of the Apollo lunar landings, it was time for the next step in lunar exploration. There was belief and some evidence from the experiments that were performed on the lunar surface that there were minerals and water and other scientifically useful resources on the lunar surface. There was also a concern that the Soviet Union would eventually land on the lunar surface. Well, as it turns out, the Soviet Union had given up on the quest for the lunar surface, and they instead had focused on exploring and conquering near-Earth orbit. This was something we talked about in a previous episode, namely episode number five, on Skylab. However, the United States was not aware of this fact, and they continued to work under the assumption that the Soviet Union was still trying to land on the moon so they could claim as much of the lunar surface as possible. So, given this information, the United States turned away from the spot landings of single Apollo LEMs for relatively short stays in the lunar surface that they've been doing so far, and turned towards developing and building their first long-duration base on the lunar surface. The purpose of this base was to provide a long-term habitation of the lunar surface by Americans. In fact, two bases were built. This is the story of those bases. In part one, we discussed the design and layout of the Tycho base, which was located near Tycho Crater, 
the same location of the famous monolith found on the lunar surface in the Stanley Kubrick movie 2001 A Space Odyssey. We discussed how the base was delivered to the lunar surface in four separate pods and how those pods were assembled on the lunar surface. In part two, we will continue our documentary, Our World in Space, which takes place in the world of Bellatopia in the year 2040, 65 years after the bases were created. We will continue this documentary to discuss the complex lunar transport system put in place to shuttle crews back and forth, not only to the Tycho base, but the second base that was also being created. We'll discuss one of the side effects of this transportation system was the formation of a LEM graveyard. We'll also talk about the emergency procedures in place to save the base occupants in case of a problem and how those procedures were put to test during a real base emergency. Finally, we'll talk about the creation of the second base, BLA base, and its unique position and unique communications requirements that this base required. This documentary is about the creation of the Tycho and BLA lunar bases in the world of Bellatopia. Entering the world of Bellatopia, the year 2040. This is the documentary, Our World in Space. Hello and welcome to Our World in Space, the Apollo Moon Bases, Part 2. Once Tycho Base was properly set up by the two assembly missions, it was ready for occupancy by the research missions. The first research mission, Tycho 3, arrived on December 1, 1975 and stayed for nearly seven weeks. In total, nine research missions were sent to Tycho Base. These missions were named Tycho 3 through Tycho 12. Each research mission consisted of a two-person crew. The crew was delivered to lunar orbit via an Apollo-era Command and Service Module, or CSM for short. The crew then entered an attached Apollo-era lunar lander, or LEM for short. The LEM descended to the lunar surface and landed near the base. The crew then performed an EVA, or extravehicular activity, in other words, a moonwalk, to arrive at and enter the base where they lived for the duration of their mission. When their mission was complete and they were ready to depart the lunar surface, they performed an EVA back to their waiting LEM and launched from the same LEM that delivered them. They rendezvoused in lunar orbit with another waiting CSM that returned them to Earth. Each of the nine research missions stayed for longer durations and lived completely within the base. The shortest duration stay was Tycho 3, which stayed a mere 48 days. The longest duration mission was Tycho 10, which stayed on the lunar surface for 242 days, or around eight months. The research missions occurred from December of 1975 until October of 1980. The base was occupied almost continuously by one of the research crews for the entire nearly five-year period. The final mission to Tycho Base, Tycho 12, left the base for the last time on October 5th, 1980, after spending three months on the lunar surface. Crew delivery. The two assembly crews were each standalone missions. These astronauts went to the moon aboard a Saturn V rocket, which delivered them to lunar orbit in their CSM, Command Service Module. Then two of the three astronauts entered the Apollo-era LEM lunar lander, which took them to the lunar surface. After their shift in assembling the base was complete, 
they launched an LM to the waiting CSM and their waiting partner astronaut and the three astronauts returned to Earth in the same CSM that brought them to the moon. This model worked great for the assembly crew, but what about the long duration research crews? How were these crews delivered to the lunar base? The traditional model used to deliver crews to the lunar surface used during Apollo 11 through 20, well, that model wasn't going to work. That model required an astronaut to remain in the CSM in lunar orbit for the duration of the landing crew's mission on the surface. For a few days or even a couple of weeks, this was acceptable. For an eight-month mission, well, this was no longer possible. Instead, a series of delivery missions were used. The delivery missions, named Lunar Transport Missions, or LT missions for short, were used to transport crews to and from the lunar station. Each LT mission launched with a three-person crew, a CSM pilot, and the two astronauts that were going to the lunar surface. The mission included a lunar lander, or LM. Once the LT mission arrived in lunar orbit, the two crew that were to occupy the Tycho base went to the lunar surface in the Apollo-era LM. The LM remained on the lunar surface until they used it to leave the lunar surface at the end of their mission. Meanwhile, the CSM pilot orbiting the moon in the lunar transport vehicle waited for the departing Tycho base crew to go to their waiting LEM, take off, and dock with the Lunar Transport Mission Command Service Module. The Lunar Transport CSM then took the departing crew, along with the CSM pilot, home to Earth. So, the Lunar Transport Mission, with the CSM pilot, brought one crew to the base, but returned home immediately with the previous departing crew. These Lunar Transport Missions, named LT Missions for short, occurred whenever there needed to be a crew rotation on the Tycho base. So, for example, LT-5, the fifth LT mission, brought the crew that would inhabit the station as the Tycho-5 crew and picked up the end-of-mission Tycho-4 crew and brought them home. The next LT mission, LT-6, brought the new Tycho-6 crew to the base and picked up the departing Tycho-5 crew. Each Tycho crew had their own LEM on the lunar surface that was used to bring them from lunar orbit to the lunar surface. It would be used to return them from the lunar surface to lunar orbit when they departed. But each Tycho crew arrived in one CSM as part of one LT mission and departed in a different CSM as part of a different LT mission. This ship-hopping approach continued for the entire five years of the Apollo Lunar Base Program. The LEM Graveyard Standard Apollo LEMs were used to bring crews to the surface and return them back to lunar orbit after their mission was complete. These were the same LEM designs that were used in the Apollo 11 to Apollo 20 lunar landing missions. The LEMs were designed to contain two stages, a descent stage used during landing and an ascent stage used during takeoff. During takeoff, the descent stage remained on the lunar surface and acted as a kind of launch pad for the ascent stage to go. 
Given that each of the Tycho crews had a limb that was used to bring them to the surface and return them to orbit, and each limb left behind their descent stage after it left for lunar orbit, that meant near the Tycho base there was a buildup of abandoned descent stages, 12 in all for each of the 12 Tycho missions. These 12 lunar descent stages were all in a relatively small area, less than a quarter of a mile from each other, and all within a short lunar hike of the Tycho base. This formed what was called the Lem Graveyard, an unfortunate side effect of the landing approach that was used. This lunar graveyard became a lasting legacy for humankind's first long-duration stay on the lunar surface. The long-term solution to this problem is LEMs that can be relaunched and reused, which also means they stay in one piece. But the LEMs capable of this were not available during the Apollo lunar base missions. These would come in later years. Emergency Procedures Given the long duration stays involved on the lunar surface, there was always an ongoing concern about what to do in case of an emergency. If part of the habitation system failed, or if there was a loss of pressure due to a micrometeor strike or other failure, there was always an ongoing concern for what to do. The problem was compounded because, for a significant portion of the stay on the lunar surface, there was no command service module in lunar orbit that could be used to return the crew to Earth. They were quite completely stuck on the moon. To that end, there were two major parts to the primary evacuation emergency procedure. The first was on Earth. Due to the number of LT missions to lunar orbit, there was a continuous assembly line production of Saturn V rockets. At any given point in time, there was always at least one Saturn V rocket on one of the many launch pads at the Cape. There was also a standby crew always trained and available for use in emergency if an evacuation was necessary. The Saturn V rocket could be launched within 48 hours with a rescue craft and crew destined to arrive in lunar orbit to take the Tycho crew home. Given the approximately 50 to 75 hour trip to the lunar surface, a rescue ship could be available in lunar orbit in approximately five days time from when the emergency first occurred. This was the first part of the emergency evacuation procedure. However, a five-day wait for a rescue ship was not a practical solution if there was a sudden and significant emergency on the lunar surface that required the crew to abandon the base. So, if an emergency did occur that required an immediate evacuation, the procedure on the lunar surface was for the crew to don spacesuits, exit the habitat, and make their way to their waiting LEM, which was within a short walking EVA from the base. The LEM had enough consumable resources on board to maintain the crew for up to 15 days. The crew would remain locked in the LEM on the lunar surface until the rescue ship arrived in lunar orbit. Once the rescue ship was available, the LEM would take off from the lunar surface, dock with the rescue CSM, and the CSM would take the crew home. The station would be abandoned, but the crew would be saved. It was a simple and effective procedure to use in case of an emergency, but it did have the unique characteristic of making the Tycho missions the first long-duration space missions that had an emergency evacuation procedure that required the launch of a rescue ship from Earth. 
rather than having a ship available for immediate evacuation already in space. Skylab, for instance, always had a CSM dock to it when there was a crew on board, so the crew could leave and return to Earth in a moment's notice. The Venus flyby mission always had the attached CSM available as a lifeboat for returning home, similar to how Apollo 11 through Apollo 20 missions worked. But the Tycho-based crews were on the lunar surface without a method to return home, unless and until a rescue mission launched from Earth. They had the LEM to use for an emergency if the station became compromised, but they could not actually leave the lunar surface until the rescue ship arrived in orbit. There was one emergency that tested at least part of these procedures. On August 14, 1977, during the stay of the Tycho 7 crew, there was an emergency decompression of the base due to an unknown reason. The crew was in their sleep cycle, so they were in pod number four, the living quarters. Since the crew was in a normal sleep period, the hatch connecting pod number four to the rest of the base was closed and sealed. The decompression occurred in pod number two, and in a matter of a few minutes, depressurized all of pod number one, two, and three. The crew was okay in pod number four, but following standard emergency procedures, they put on the emergency spacesuit stored in pod number four and left the station through the emergency escape hatch in that pod. They made their way to the waiting LEM for further instructions. On Earth, a rescue mission was formed, and they were going through the procedures necessary to get ready for an emergency launch. While all this was going on, an evaluation of what happened to the space station was undertaken. It was determined that the loss of air pressure was due to a failure of a simple mechanical part that could be easily repaired by the Tycho 7 crew. As such, the decision was made to hold off on the rescue mission and give the Tycho 7 crew 48 hours in order to fix the problem. If the problem could be satisfactorily fixed during those 48 hours, the rescue mission would not depart and the Tycho 7 crew would return to the base. If the crew was unsuccessful in fixing the problem after 48 hours, the rescue mission would launch and the Tycho 7 crew would remain in the LEM until the rescue actually occurred. The Tycho crew put their suits back on inside the LEM to get ready for an EVA back to the base to fix the problem. During the EVA, they were able to identify the broken mechanical system and repair it. The problem was solved. However, they did not have sufficient time during that EVA in order to turn on the base's environmental systems and repressurize the habitat. As such, the Tycho 7 crew returned to the LEM for the evening. The next day, they began another EVA to the base in order to restore the environmental systems. During this eight-hour EVA, they were able to start the environmental systems, repressurize the habitat, and run the necessary self-test to ensure all systems were operating normally. Before the 48-hour window was complete, the Tycho 7 crew was able to get the base up and operating again and were able to move back into the habitat. The rescue mission was canceled and the Tycho 7 crew resumed their mission. The crisis was averted. Other than this one emergency, the Tycho base functioned nearly flawlessly during its five-year life. The BLA base.
While Tycho Base was being built, a second lunar base was being planned. The purpose of the second base was to study the side of the moon never seen by man, sort of those few astronauts to orbit the moon. That is, the far side of the moon. The second base was to be built near Tsiolkovsky Crater, on the far side of the moon. The base was not named for the crater it was near. Rather, it was named the Borman Lovell Anders Base, or BLA Base for short. Borman, Lovell, and Anders, of course, were the names of the astronauts in the crew of Apollo 8. Apollo 8 brought the first humans from Earth to the vicinity of the moon. Crew of Apollo 8 orbited the moon and gave us some of our most iconic photographs of the planet Earth. These three astronauts were the first humans to ever see the far side of the moon firsthand. They were the first to see a part of the lunar surface that no human had ever seen before. This is why the base on that far side of the moon the side never visible from Earth, is named after these three individuals. Given the length of that name, the name was shortened in true government fashion to the BLA base, and that is a name that stuck in the minds of most people. BLA base was identical to Tycho base. It consisted of an identical four pods that were launched, landed, and assembled in the same manner as the Tycho base. The four pods were sent to the lunar surface over the course of 11 months from January of 1977 until November of 1977. That was done for the Tycho base. Two assembly crews were sent to the base to perform the large-scale and final assembly of the base. These two missions were named BLA-1 and BLA-2. Given the base was located on the far side of the moon, communications was difficult because there was no way for a radio signal to get from the base to Earth without being relayed from a another location. During the construction of the base, communications was relayed via the orbiting CSM and the astronaut that was waiting in the CSM. Even so, construction was slower due to the need for relays that weren't always available given the location of the orbiting CSM. Before the first research crew could be placed in the base, however, a way for communicating with the base that did not require an orbiting CSM was necessary. Specialized Satellites The solution to the long-term communications problem was the launch of a pair of very special communication satellites. These satellites were not designed to orbit the Earth in either a low Earth orbit or a high geosynchronous orbit, as all satellites up until this point were located. These satellites were also not placed in lunar orbit. Instead, these two satellites were positioned at the Earth-Moon Lagrange points, L4 and L5. These two points are special points that allow the satellites to be positioned equidistant from both the Earth and the Moon in a stationary position relative to the Moon. These two satellites were visible to the far side of the Moon and the BLA base. Although from the BLA base, the satellites would be positioned very low in the eastern and western skies, just above the lunar horizon. This wasn't an optimal location, but it did allow direct line-of-sight communications from the base to the satellites and from the satellites to the Earth. So by using these satellites, continuous communications was possible. The L4 and L5 Lagrange points are a point equidistant between the Earth and the Moon, and a distance from each object identical to the distance between the Earth and the Moon. One of the points was ahead of the Moon as it orbited the Earth. One of the points was behind the Moon as it orbited the Earth. Given the distances involved, communication messages sent from the Earth to the Moon normally had a 1.3 second lag. When talking to the Tycho base, for instance, 
The round-trip communication delay was a total of 2.6 seconds. Messages sent from Earth and relayed back from the Tycho base would take 2.6 seconds before it arrived back on Earth. Given the position of the L4 and L5 satellites, messages between BLA base and Earth had to travel twice as far. Therefore, a message sent from Earth, relayed through one of the satellites and sent to the BLA base, then immediately sent back via the satellite and back to Earth would take twice as long as the message sent directly to Earth. As such, the round-trip message delay to BLA base would be 5.2 seconds. This delay made interactive communications very difficult, but batch communications and one-way data streams to Earth were all possible and very reasonable. This was the first time a satellite was positioned this far from the Earth. The L4 and L5 satellites worked flawlessly and allowed relatively easy communications between the Earth and all parts of the Moon. These satellites were the primitive start of what would eventually become what we now call the extranet. The extraterrestrial internet that provides the backbone of all communications within the Earth-Moon system and Earth-Mars system that we enjoy today. Once these satellites were in place and the base construction complete, the first research crew, BLA-3, arrived at the base in May of 1978. This crew was brought to the moon via one of the LT missions in use for Tycho Base. LT-11 was the mission that delivered the first BLA research crew to the BLA base. All the rest of the BLA crews were brought back and forth to the moon using the same LT missions that the Tycho crews used. Some LT missions brought Tycho crews and returned Tycho crews. Some brought BLA crews and returned BLA crews. Some LT missions brought crews to one base and returned crews from another base. It just depended on the needs at that particular moment in time. Two crews. The newer BLA base had one advantage of the original Tycho base. The BLA base could hold four astronauts for an extended stay rather than the two astronaut maximum for extended stays on the Tycho base. There were actually a number of times that Tycho base had four astronauts on board. This occurred during normal crew rotations when both the incoming and outgoing crews would be on the base at the same time. But this only happened for a couple days at a time, never longer than that. However, the BLA base was set up so that four astronauts, two complete crews, could stay in the base for an extended period of time. This happened during the missions of BLA-8 and BLA-9. BLA-8 arrived in June of 1980 and stayed until mid-January of 1981. The crew of BLA-9 arrived in October of 1980 and stayed until April of 1981. This means that from October 1st, 1980 until January 18th, 1981, three and a half months, both BLA-8 and BLA-9 crews were in the base at the same time. During this time, the two crews performed experiments that required more than two astronauts to carry out. This crew rotation also created a new record. Given that the Tycho 12 crew, the final crew on the Tycho base, stayed there until October 5th of 1980, and given the overlapping schedules of the BLA-8 and BLA-9 crews on the other side of the moon, the result was that for five days, from October 1st, 1980 until October 5th, 1980, there were six astronauts on the surface of the moon 
at one time. This is more astronauts on the lunar surface than had ever before happened. It would be many years later after the establishment of the first permanent lunar base before this record would be broken. This is the end of the documentary, Our World in Space. Brought to you straight from the year 2040. We now return you to the present day. This is the end of part two of the Apollo moon bases. The Tycho base and BLA base were important steps in the long-duration habitation of space by humans. It was the prelude for a permanent lunar base. For the first time in human history, humans spent large periods of time, years in fact, away from our home planet. If you would like to learn more about the Tycho base and the BLA base, come take a look at our website. On the website, we have diagrams of what the Tycho base looked like, along with mission dates and summaries, along with an explanation of the lunar transportation system put in place to transport crews to and from the lunar bases. If you enjoyed learning about the endeavor to the lunar surface, you'll appreciate this information on this website. Please go to bellatopia.com slash lunar base. That's bellatopia.com slash L-U-N-A-R-B-A-S-E. In this season of Bellatopia... What if the early space program was fully funded, fully supported, and ultimately financially viable? This is The Space Race. This season on Bellatopia. Are you enjoying our vision of the world of Bellatopia? For more information, please check out our website at bellatopia.com. That's B-E-L-I-T-O-P-I-A. Until next time, enjoy our world.